0: Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silver Line Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled, Do Adaptations Hurt or Help Comic Sales? It originally aired March 27th? Twenty twenty-two. Do you focus on the audience that grew with the character? Are you trying to get folks to like it? And I think that's probably the key point of adaptations. Are you trying to focus so so what people forget is comics is a very small industry. Even when it's doing super great, it's still a small industry, right? Because you 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 think we measure well today we measure them in the in the the, the hundreds and the thousands but even during the heydays of the eighties they were only measured in the hundreds of thousands right yeah. Spider Man uh, regularly selling uh, two hundred fifty to three hundred fifty thousand copies we're talking two hundred fifty to three hundred fifty thousand copies now I, I know we sit here and think today man I wish I could sell that many copies in the grand scheme of entertainment that's chunk change
1: yeah. Especially, you know? even if you went good like, say, you'd like book sales, which were staying in the printed realm, books outsell comics I mean, tons. You know, and you're just talking the book industry as a, I mean, and if you think of comics as a portion of the book industry, it's a portion of, unless you think of comics as its own separate industry entity and then the books, but books still like, you know, I mean, somebody asked me and it was funny somebody posted like the other day like what's the best-selling book of all time and everybody just answered like well duh that's the bible yeah so it's like no one's going to top that yeah it, um so that's not been even around
0: for a long time
1: a long time it, it, so it, yeah
0: it, it it stands the test of time when it comes to audiences right <laughs> yeah
1: so even books sell more i mean if a comic book can get on the new york times bestsellers list yeah I mean, come on i think right. Watchmen has actually been on there one point or another yeah so, well
0: i think it's a little easier to do today but simply because uh, people are yeah they're not they're not reading like they 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 once did yeah. but, um let's see what else because he said here he goes they have changed robin hood i'm not aware yeah. of, of any changes that they've made i know i saw uh parts of a movie recently that flopped um and so i don't know if that's one of them, but uh, but uh, I mean, let, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Robin Hood is always, you know, steal from the rich, give to the poor. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of because like because of you know, the sheriff of the, the Nottingham, the oppressive government, and so I don't know that that's yeah. ever changed. If it has, there's, tell well,
2: they changed the setting. Like uh, him, and I think it's one of them in space, there's one with him, you know, with okay, our, well, yeah, uh,
1: but if the oh. core concept is still, well, yeah, the same, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. change yeah. it anywhere, it yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, yeah, uh, and he said, even uh, the idea of King Arthur has changed. Um, and again, I, 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 you know, I'm not aware of it. Uh, King Arthur is, uh, you know, b- uh, tied to Excalibur. Um,
2: I have seen plenty, actually, I've seen a number of stories where King Arthur is the villain and they have to use the sword to destroy him. They have couple... to, used... oh, yeah. yeah. Right.
1: I think it's more manga does that actually, but yeah, yeah. I mean, again, these are, and and you get into the realm of of myth, which I would argue King Arthur is going into the realm of yeah. myth, um, a little bit. That the initial myth you can do plays on it, but the initial myth I think is pretty solid, not to be changed. Um,
0: yeah, recently he said it is manga that changes yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and, then again and,
1: it's funny cuz we we you see american interpretations of japanese stuff and they're like no that's not right you know so it's yeah, yeah. it goes both ways yeah
0: well so so uh, i'm going to circle back to the question that uh, that you asked that i avoided earlier you asked what about silverline stuff if someone came up to to say yeah. you know would you do something with silverline stuff and, and and my immediate response would be probably <laughs> Right?
2: Can I post something to you too? Sure. Not movies, but they actually are um, all your books, all your books of the comics. There are uh, uh, all your books out there for graphic novels. Like I actually have some for some like um, uh, the some DC you know, storylines. Well, they have the full cast, you know, all the characters from the comic. They have some playing the narrative, take you through and explain everything. So basically, they turn the um, the comic into a dramatization. Drama can't pronounce that. So, would you be up to this, open something like that?
0: I don't guess I know what you're talking about. I've never heard of that. So uh, an Oya book? How do you spell that? Audio book. Audio Audio book. Audio book. Audio oh, book. Okay, yeah. audio book. oh uh, absolutely. I would be up to that. Yeah. I, and, and in fact, we... Um, <laughs> we attempted that here. Peter. We did. Well, <laughs> like, no. Was that, not that, really? that, 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 not that, that, that. That was fun, but that was goofy. Yeah. Uh, no, we actually had that on one of our Kickstarters. Yeah. Huh. Um, we were going to if we could we didn't make it right but that was one of our our uh, uh goals that if we could reach a certain goal we were going to um i had talked to somebody at the time and I, I this goes i'd have to go back and look now who had said hey we could take your you know we can get some actors and take your 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 comic and turn it into an audiobook so the answer to that is absolutely i would love that i am a huge fan i don't know if you guys remember remember these at all uh did you ever see any of the um Power Records presents.
1: Oh God, Captain
0: America and oh, Jeremy's got them. He's good. Jeremy's like, I've got those. (laughs) I I remember. I I knew the minute he got up, he had them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: I I think that would be great. I I think that uh, if you could get a little. uh, actors ensemble that could uh, to work on the voices and get some sound effects. Man, yeah, I think that would be cool.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Of, yeah, I think adap- You know, it's funny people ask me, "Would you want your stuff to be adapted in something else?" <sighs> I don't know. I don't really think there's a huge drive for me to have anything of mine adapted. Well, like Gollins on my I, I my kids' books, that's... I can see adapted in the cartoons. My Gollins, like, no, I kind of like it the way it is. Well, you would have to ask yourself
0: i think one of two questions right and 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 mm. you guys correct me if you think there's more questions to ask um i think the question is do you want to make money or do you want it to be a fairly accurate representation of of what you have presented right because For my goblins
1: book it would be a pretty fairly accurate representation because the story is so integral now my kids books no they could change they could do all sorts of things because it's just a core concept idea and they're pretty open-ended uh but my comic book that one now do i have any other comic book ideas that i haven't that had in mind that i can like yeah there's a few i have in mind that i can see people doing their own thing with them but godly's is personal that's and and i don't plan sequels i don't want to do anything else and not changing it this is kind of like if somebody when they adapted watchmen i mean it's like look you either adapt watchmen as watchmen or you don't. And even though yeah. they made the one small change at the end, which I actually like the small change at the end of the movie, I think it fits the movie. No, whether it fits the comic, I don't know. And the only reason I think it fits the movies, I I don't know. It, it kind of made sense. Okay, there was a very small change. It kind of made sense. I get it. Um, but if you just tried to adapt Watchmen as, like, your own interpretation, it would have fell apart. Yeah. Um, so I think there are some, like, and I think this has to do with more singular books. If you have, like, an idea, like Superman or Batman, that does multiple stories stuff throughout history, you're more apt to do your own interpretation of it. And nobody really cares. Yeah. But if you're adapting a specific book, and this goes with books, too. I mean, when they adapt actual book books in the movies, they have to be relatively kind of on there, on point a little bit.
2: Yeah. Jeremy, you were going to say? Oh, no, I was thinking of uh, the Lord of the Rings movies and the mm-hmm. Amazon TV series. You know, there's this big drastic change between the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and then the new Power of Rings they're coming out with on Amazon. Oh, it's yeah. Like they, yeah, they, they're really deviating from the source there for the Amazon series. Yeah, And then The Hobbit also, they did something similar. Meanwhile, the Lord of the Rings was the one people really love. I mean, it didn't follow, like, you know, verbatim, but it was much closer than what the other stuff they did. And that's yeah. the one people really remember
1: yeah the thing is is the i mean the lord of the rings a lot of these old stories are not built to be franchises what they're yeah. trying to build them into they're just not there there is one story lord of the rings yeah yeah um you know there are certain things that they like the old properties they built in the audience. they'll make a franchise out of that like yeah those things aren't built to be franchises once you start getting away from the source material your franchise falls apart yeah yeah um you see this a little bit with star wars once you start getting away a little bit, but not much, but you start getting a little bit away from it. It's like, eh, people get more finicky.
0: Well, so I ask, I asked that question because I think that um, if you're at, if you're in it just for the money mm-hmm. then I think that you are, uh, you are able to um, turn it loose and just say, yep, uh, give me the money, go do what you want to do. Right. And, and you, and you don't care. Right. And, I, I would argue um, that's a legit stance. You know, you, you, you if if uh, if you told me that's what you wanted to do, then great. That I don't see any problem with that. But I think if you're like, you know, I want it to be, you know, my perfect vision of what I've envisioned, and then I think the money might be the big question because uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure unless, of course, you're you're a big name like Stephen King or something like that. Right. But I'm not sure that someone would be willing to pay you money because of all the things we talked about earlier. They want to make changes. They want to put their name on it. Uh, and I'm not sure they would be willing to to pay you the money, the, the equal money and still be perfectly true to your vision, if yeah. that makes sense.
1: And I think every writer, you included, has certain stories probably that you've written that you're like, no, nah, this is adapted it is verbatim. And you have other ones like, no, do whatever you want. Go for it. Even I have those. I have stories that, you know, if somebody wanted to make changes to, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm not too married to it. It was just an idea. But there's certain stories, like an emotional investment or something I'm trying to say I'm like, no, this really kind of has to fall in place for the, the message to be seen. If you change your story, you change the message, you kind of change it. I think every writer has those stories. Ones that they hold close to their heart and ones that are like, no, man. I, yeah. I'll toss it out the for a chunk of but change.
2: But this bugs me a lot of the movie says They'll change it so much. At that point, you're questioning, well, why didn't you make you know your own movie, your own characters. Then, and then you come to some cap. I mean, I think um one of the good examples for a reason why they don't or the thinking is um the Asimov adaption of I Robot. Mm-hmm. They the movie they had the storyline they had they didn't have enough confidence in. But hey, we got the rights to Asimov's book. He has a built-in audience with Rain Recognition. Let's throw that name on here. has nothing to do with the movie, but the name will draw them in.
1: Strange well, enough, they it, did that with it, the Joker movie.
2: And, and, yeah. and that's true. It, it
0: it drew me in, and when I left that movie, I was pissed off because I'm like, this is not iRobot. Because I, I so so iRobot, the robot novels are some of my favorite novels. I absolutely love Asimov's robot novels. Okay, um, and and now don't don't take this as me hating Will Smith or anything like. That. I like Will Smith. In fact, we uh, uh, we watched uh, the wife and I watched King Richard today. Good movie. Oh yeah, um,
1: yeah, no. yeah
0: uh so 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 don't misinterpret what i'm saying it's just it, it's same same would be for um starship troopers right mm-hmm. i like starship troopers a lot but i went to see that movie and when i left that movie i went that was the biggest piece of crap i've ever seen The because movie was- it wasn't starship troopers yeah you i know? saw the
1: movie first i read the book later and even after reading the book i liked the book but i can't even see how you'd interpret that as a movie it would be a boring movie <laughs> I mean, it's well, a it's, good book, but man, I'm not sure. That's of the so much. It's like much Foundation, analytical... the
2: Foundation series, doing the same thing. The, I the haven't trailer. seen that. Let's just say it's completely, uh, the Foundation series is, uh, it's a good series, but it could be a little drawn out, boring, yeah. <laughs> insane. So, but, so so have you the read Foundation? Is, I have read some of the short stories leading into it. My father is the one who really read the series. So I'm getting all the okay. information from him. Okay, and He's not happy so far
0: yeah okay well that was kind of and see i've not anybody i've not talked to anybody who's seen it who's read the book so that was kind of uh, a tv yeah see look at cassisi says it too starship troopers was an amazing book Um, i can
1: see it making i don't know maybe it make a great movie i I agree
0: with him i think it would have made a great movie but but it's not the movie we got now i will say this okay after a few years I went back and watched that movie again. Not 100% by choice, but I went back and watched the movie again. But I went into it knowing this is not my Starship Troopers. No, it's And fine. it wasn't a bad sci-fi movie. It wasn't it's Starship not. Troopers, it's, but it wasn't
1: a bad one. You know, it, It's got that same sort of... It had almost kind of the same attitude where it kind of questioned is this the future you want? Yeah. Heinlein was more like, no, this is the future. This, this type of future would work. That movie's going like... This is kind of future you want. That's why I say, like, do you want to know more? I'm like, do you really want to know more about this authoritarian future? So <laughs> it did kind of put that in, but it was much more of a straight-up war movie. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Cece said the problem with Starship Troopers movie is that it was a different movie that they adapted to fit Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah I, I would argue, I'll almost argue that that um, they wrote this science fiction movie. And then they said, nobody's gonna come see our science fiction movie. What can we do? Oh, we can we can get the rights to Heinlein's Starship Troopers. Let's do that. It's close enough. Yeah. We're fighting big bugs. And- well, I know the
1: director read the book and, and just said, No, I don't want to do that. I want to do you know. And and well, so, you know and
0: that's a problem I have. It's like if you don't want to do it, don't do
1: it. Then the, the, the give it another name. Um
2: <laughs> I just want to... I, I I have my own opinions, but I see what your opinions are on who Framed Roger Rabbit. What will your opinions be on that? So have you read the book? Yeah. Uh, have you read the book. I have not read the book. No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> trust me, it's very different. There would be no way to really film that and make it entertaining.
1: <laughs> it's funny because I just read uh reread the crow again, the original comic, which i read oh, years good. ago. And and I bought it and reread it. The movie. They added some Hollywood stuff. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. a movie. you know, the yeah. end where they fight the big drug lord, and that was never in it. I'd say the book is much more powerful than the movie. Yeah. But if they did a verbatim of the book, would it work as a movie? It'd be a well, cool classic. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and that's that's one of these things I got to
0: put a hyper potatoes message yeah. up here. He goes, I'm stressing watching it count down. Glad I took my blood pressure meds. Yeah. <laughs> we've been we've been holding
2: right there at twenty seven to fifty. At the five minute mark, remember to just switch back and forth for rolling there.
0: there. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, please don't do that. <laughs> um, but I, and I think that's part of what what we always have to take into consideration is that, that there are things that the format can do better than one of the others. Like I'm I, any, anybody who's talked to me knows that I'm a huge believer in the comic book format. I believe that we can do things that, that the other formats can't do, but I'm also realistic to that, that knows Okay. There are some things, the movie adaptation has to do or take into consideration for a comic book. Yeah. Be- again because part you know the comic books do things that mo- that movies can't do. So when you do that in a comic and you end up having an adaptation, well how do they do that? Well, they have to do the best they possibly can and that's not always going to work.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot especially the one thing that comics have that kind of goes a little bit with books. Is like, especially when I read The Crow. I mean, I forgot that a lot of The Crow was separated in individual sort of like short comics, like five yeah. or six pitch comics, or short comics that he collected together. And a lot of times you go back and tell the back history, and then he would intersperse poems, poetry into it and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, no one's going to like stop a movie halfway right through and like, let's read a poem. I mean, right. so, you know, I mean, this is what they had problems with Watchmen, you know, because yeah. he would interpret, you know, like uh, so, news articles and stuff, and they're yeah. talking about stuff um so there are things that yeah comics can't do i movies have to have that you know you start in that full, forward momentum to keep going forward so a lot of movies that have you know they go through and they have like you know i mean if they took a 20 minute scene out of the you know the crow to do his entire backstory of what happened about to the hour mark people would be like what what up? I mean, we want to do flashbacks and movies are very short, but I mean that whole scene in the book is pretty long, lengthy. Yeah. And it's well, very I, intense. So
2: I can give an example as well. Going back to the Who Family Roger Rabbit one or who censored Roger Rabbit, the original book censored Roger Rabbit is based around comic strips. The whole thing basically yeah. is um so you can't that's a different medium. So we go to you know movies, you do need something that can move, which in turn is animation. Mm-hmm. Now with this it's a little more Interesting is, Disney had that uh, Saturday morning cartoon Bonkers, which is oh, yeah, yeah. right as the as the whole you know Toontown you know police thing, and the problem with that series is you have the cartoon character with the human characters, but the human characters are also cartoons, but they're supposed to represent real life people. So yeah. there's no way to really properly present that in a cartoon format, really, because yeah. even in the series you see the human characters getting hurt, but some of them would get badly hurt, but at the same time, they do recover. It's not something that would kill them. In the real life, it would have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, one of the things too,
0: when you talk about adaptations, one of the things is, one of the things I like about comics is that, uh, and we don't see it as much anymore because thought balloons have become a little passe. And I'm not sure why I I, I don't, I even talk about this in my class. I'm not really sure why thought balloons have become passe because It is a it is a strength of comics that no other medium can do. You can put three three people right, three characters in one panel, and you can give each of them a thought balloon, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's hard
2: nowadays. Prefer the narration box and just color code it. Usually, yeah,
0: I get it. It's a and and I, I I'm not willing to buy that it's just a, a look thing. Oh, I just sure. prefer the caption boxes. Maybe you might be right. I don't know, but
1: I think thought balloons. It's funny that you know, and you still give in something against sound effects only in the <laughs> book. I'm, I'm it was just that one book I didn't want to put them in. Uh, other books I don't care about. Yeah, but it's it fun in. fun. Giving um, about it. But thought balloons I did find why I, I can't quite figure out why they went out of vote. I'm not sure either like because literally yeah. if you' I mean could you think of like is it just because of the shape of the balloon because I don't know. beyond that I, I got nothing man I,
0: I mean know. and you know and think about it is like anything though I, I agree that they can be overdone yeah um, you, you know but it's it's uh it's something that comics can do you can't do that in a film you can't put three people I, I mean not in it not in it makes sense for a film it, it would become yeah it would become um, almost parody at that point in time. If you have three, ca- airplane, right? Airplane did it. Gee, he never jinxed uh, the coffee <laughs> at home. You know, I, I mean, that was funny. It, it was, it was parody, but, but you couldn't put that in a, you could put that in any comic book, whether it's comedy or, 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 or humor. I mean, same thing. Uh, uh, superhero, science fiction, fantasy, comedy, romance, right? Yeah. You could put the, in, in any of those and it works. You can't do that in in a, in a film, right? Yeah. Scott
1: Pilgrim. One strangely movie had enough, that. they What's animate that? Oh, good. Well, see
2: so the Scott Pilgrim movie. Also had that, but that's based on a comic. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: The um the Dark Knight Rises the the old Frank Miller comic they did a two part animated movie or now it's I think one part a so four hour animated movie and it's it's pretty faithful straight. The one thing they took out of it was his narration. They, out of the yeah. movie, they took yeah. out the and did it change it? And I'm like, yeah, there were certain scenes where I expect a certain narration, and they said they tried it and didn't work. And I'm like, I don't know. I would argue that do it anyways. Yeah, um, because that narration was going on in his head. Is it does it change the tone of the movie? I I feel it does. I still yeah. enjoy the movie, but I'd well, rather read the book.
0: And, and so way. you can't you can't do that in a in a novel either, right? You you can't take. Yeah that and people say oh yeah you can you can have different points of view you absolutely can have different points of view in a novel but it
1: can be confusing How, very fast well, well
0: but, but you can't put them boom 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 like yeah. that right because that's uh, as you just said it's confusing what you have to do is you have to give one character's point of view give a little space break and another character's point of view give a space break and then another character's point of view right you can absolutely do <laughs> the way they got they got rid of them
2: yeah i will say when i was way back when I was in college one of the script on um, the comic script writing classes I took a good chunk of the classroom. The professor actually asked us who here you know uses or you know likes thought balloons. Half the class just did not like them, and the going sense just had either it looked cheesy, outdated, or just you know like too, I guess, old fashioned. Was most half the class thought,
0: huh? That's interesting. Oh, old, old, old fashioned, I've heard that a time or two myself. I, I, you know, the thing about it is, I don't, I don't. I don't see any, if you read it at all right. I can't tell you how many books I pick up. If you read any number of books today, um, there's a good chance, probably more than a 50% chance. And I, I don't have any stats behind me. Maybe one of these guys can help me out uh, more than 50% chance that it's going to be written in first person, right? Which is the interior, right? The interiority of the character, you getting, all of their thoughts and feelings and emotions that's all thought balloons are, that's literally all they are,
1: yeah,
0: right. So, how can you call that old fashioned when they still do it today,
2: right? In, in other mediums, right? I mean, this one book series I'm reading where you basically stuck with this one character for like you know three four volumes and it's just her and no one else, so the entire oh. first four volumes are just inter narration. And No point, also, is yeah. you see her, she's isolated, she's kind of going a little you know, losing that bet. Yeah. It's a good question from Cassisi. Uh, do you think that people
0: have considered them a handicap? I, they think the art or the dialogue should relate the thought, you know, I, I think there's some, what do you guys think? I'll let you guys answer this one
1: first. I think strangely enough, why, and I could be wrong on this a little bit of why people don't like thought balloons, or I can argue, see people arguing against them is show versus tell. It was just dumb enough. In other words, if you, like, if you're telling somebody stops or if they're talking about, why I think this, this, and this, that, that, does it go more into the telling the reader instead of Mm -hmm. showing the reader? And so by getting Mm -hmm. rid of thought balloons, you're showing the reader more. That's the only argument I can feel against them, but still... And and I would say poorly written thought balloons do have that
0: problem. Do have that problem, but I
1: do think good written... I mean, like, you know, like if Batman's hiding behind some corner and he's you know, thinking to himself different ways he could take this assailant out or which he did in the dark night. I mean, I'm like, that's cool and that works because Mm -hmm. you've seen his train of thought going into the action. I think I don't think they should be taken out. I think they should be, you know, used wisely. Uh, I mean, could there be a crux? I mean Claire, I mean I love Claremont, but he was a classic at like, and I don't know if he'd stop with it. I just think he would have Storm talking about how she's gonna isolate the atoms to freeze them in a certain way or whatever. And I'm just like you know, which explains it, but again that wasn't so much telling that's just giving an idea of what she's doing why well, would you show that go ahead okay. would you show that in a comic i mean you'd have to
2: i mean i like you know? for the word police, my professional way of seeing them is when they give you an alternate viewpoint from the character they normally would not be able to you know see or know about
1: yeah you know because you yeah. know,
2: they'll say you know like they'll say one thing then they'll think in the other thing and then that sort of you know raises a flag yeah. that they have to pay attention to this
0: yeah uh, and, 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 you know, um, one of the things, a, a perfect example of this, Spider-Man versus Superman, right? The the great big, the great big treasury edition. Yeah. Spider-Man and Superman have this great big fight. And and uh, oddly enough, Spider-Man is blasted with a kryptonite ray, right? And, and, and so that's how he's able to fight Superman for a while. But that wears off. And then they shake hands, right? And literally they say, I think Superman says uh, shake and Spider-Man says let's. And then the next panel has him hand, holding his hand behind his back. And it's, you know, it's got the motion lines coming off like it really hurt him. And then his thought balloon, he says, and let's not until I get a, uh And let's not do that again until I get a steel titanium hand. Yeah.
1: Which right? is funny. And that makes yeah, sense. But if you funny. said that, it wouldn't. Have, you couldn't say that. You, know, you can't a, yeah. say that
0: aloud, right? I mean, yeah. it, well, it, it, I guess you could. Here we go. Uh, Hyper Potato says, "I love thought balloons. I love text on covers. Heroes fighting. Text telling me that if I, if I buy only one comic this month, this is it. So, Hyper Potato, you're gonna, you're gonna like this. Uh, I have been talking with uh, one of the artists, and um, we've been swapping emails. And I think that I don't hardly ever see text on covers anymore, and I like them too. And I think in this day and age, that's going to make us stand out. So you're going to see a movement." towards text on silver line covers because i i think that's part of what I, dry, you can get a good image but if you could put a clever one or two line balloon or something like that on the cover that's just extra hook. like
1: a catchphrase or something uh, yeah. yeah
0: you know just it, it's a hook so so one of the things denny o'neill talks about in the and the the dc comics uh, the dc comics guide to writing comics is about the hook you got to hook the reader early on yeah. and i think that that you know we we have seen so many splash page covers pinup covers that they don't really do, i mean do they really do it for anybody anymore
1: not really uh, and i i, 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 I mean, think the problem but... with covers is how little they have to do with what's happened in the story that which drives me nuts
2: I prefer that because you'll sometimes get the inside splash cover but then spoils halfway through the story and I'm like so between the two I rather say it's irrelevant
0: yeah I I like this Jeff Potts says text is good for reading and spelling It is. (laughs) listen I I learned you know you've all heard the story before but you know I, I learned to read reading comics and there's all kind of words I learned from comic books uh yeah. you know i would learn something and and i would go ask my mom you know hey mom what does this word mean and she would say there's a dictionary okay so <laughs> next
2: comic on the cover just print the page of the dictionary make it like an ongoing you know each each, each going yeah. forward half her page
0: yeah we'd have to get webster's permission to do that right hyper <laughs> potatoes says i think text on covers not only makes a book stand out now but it's instant nostalgia for buyers who grew up on newsstand books yeah, I think I think there's a lot to that. I think they would, yeah. and, and I think they absolutely would stand out now because yeah. I mean, I don't I don't see anybody doing it really. I'm not saying no, that no one does, think.
2: I'm just saying I, I don't really I see, see it. A lot of kids graphic novels. You do see some, that?
1: Some right? do. Most of the time I see now a major motion picture sticker on the front. That's well,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. No, no I also see like um well, what they'll do I think is neat is the um title will actually be in a word balloon, be spoken by the main character. Okay. That's
0: kind of, yeah. 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 But that's 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 a little different. You, you, wait, you talking about the title
2: of the the series or the title of the story? The Title of the series. So it'd be like a Spider-Man comic, but then Spider-Man say Spider-Man word. in a word balloon. Yeah. I, that, see, that's I, I I don't count that. That don't count.
0: <laughs> I potatoes. I remember learning the word Armageddon as a wee tyke from a Roy Thomas issue of Sergeant Fury.
1: Yeah. yeah um i used I remember- to read when i read that uh Appleseed manga he has a lot of politics even stuff today that very like because it's a whole political structure that do and, you know as a kid i i understood a little bit what was going on but not really mm-hmm. i had to research a lot even when i go back and read the still stuff i'm like hey, i don't know it's very interpretation but you know, but again, I mean, the, the thing was, is like, I liked robots in Mecca. I mean, I grew up with Voltron and robots. The yeah. so see Apple, see it, it's got robots. I'm like, robots, that's awesome. So <laughs> that's more what I was into it for when I was a kid. Yeah. With all these crazy robotic images he had. Yeah. So, and, and and American comics didn't do robots really well. I don't know why. They kept adding muscles to him. Still never figured out <laughs> the Like, right. why the Sentinels had like a six pack. And I'm like, it's it's an American superhero comic thing. I, I mean, it's fine. I remember as a kid, I never could figure out how Iron Man can move. He's like in an iron suit. I'm like, yeah, but there's no, like, you know, split at the elbow. It's just like solid right. iron. So it's like, maybe yeah. it was some sort of mesh or something. But, but, I mean, it's comic have-
2: I am on your side with that, but I just want to point out a couple examples that do. Uh, frankenstein jr for hammer that is an actual mech like the gantor yeah you know, and then you have robot boy you have um rusty so yeah there are a couple examples yeah
1: it, it was fun. Yeah. i mean i didn't i still love the sentinels out there whatever yeah <laughs> dimcy blackman
0: says robots are great Yeah, yeah <laughs> some of my
1: favorite they don't do not even a manga there's not a lot of robots Mecca. A lot of it. It's kind of a bummer.
0: Well, so much of that stuff seems to be real life stuff today. Have you seen what they're yeah, doing? I know. The Japanese are doing robots. Oh <laughs> yeah, God. robots and
1: stuff. Yeah, yeah. Very stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I mean, I was into Saturday morning cartoons so any comic that reflected certain. Visual things I was into, I would get into the comics. I know well, I did yeah. after X Men. I did go down and find New Warriors number one, and I I mm. decided to read down. I really liked New Warriors, even though there was, and even then I was like, this guy's telekinetic, but his name's Justice, and he has a cape. And why, why? So I mean, you know, <laughs> my favorite, I think, it was the Night Thrasher guy. He's like this Batman guy, but he rides like a skateboard.
0: Mm. And oh like, yeah, yeah, I Tom, and I was fair. like, okay, I think I Tommy
2: eats some of them. Did that he? This, yeah. yeah. There's this fun uh, light novel uh, manga series I'm reading where it uh, had an anime adaption and it's just your typical harem thingy. Mm-hmm. Then um, halfway through, it all of a sudden turns into a giant mech uh, a series. The Japanese the anime do that a lot. Part-
1: More than <laughs> Americans, right. the Japanese will start one comic one way and then something they find is cool and they'll completely flip it and change oh, it. Yeah. I've seen series that start as like, like you said, like Oh, it's their samurai, but now they're samurai robots, and now they're in space. And it's like, wait, what? What's going on? Because the writer just found something new he liked and put it in there. So
0: just what do you goes, want to draw? I want to draw a samurai to draw robots, robots in now, space.
1: So this, yeah, this is where make one going.
2: a cat, and then we are
1: Yeah, <laughs> which I don't mind. I mean, as long I mean they they do those series for so long that even as an artist, I'm like, man, the amount of time I'm like, I don't know if I can spin. That's a decade, a year of my life doing the same thing. I mean, I like doing one story, but I got to draw some other stuff sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, How long have you been working on uh,
1: Godlings? Uh, That was six years. But I did do, I think I got it six years, but I was working full time and I did two kids' books in that and then other projects. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, after that, I'm like, I really want to draw. Six years. That's a long time. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Not as long as some of these manga artists I mean, oh my God. no
0: I know I'm just saying though
1: yeah it is it is yeah. pretty soon I'm like itching you know I'm seeking ideas like I really want to draw some of that's why my next year is like three or four issues that I'm so doing personally
0: I want to uh, I want to jump back to the show don't tell thing so obviously you know this is one of the things that that, that they always teach prose writers show don't mm-hmm. tell show don't tell and I think they do movie movie uh, as well I make the argument in comics you have to do both. You have to tell sometimes. However, please hear me. I don't mean telling in a cheesy, crappy way, right? And and let me give you an example. Two characters walk into a room. You don't know who they are. How are you going to know? If you and I were to walk into the room, and we just, hey, dude, what's going on, right? Right? We know each other. But if two characters walk into the room, how is the reader going to know who they are?
1: I would think you know, and now uh, you're talking introducing them as a new character.
2: No, no, just issue four.
1: Issue well, four. How they look, you it. look at them. Yeah. But
2: how do you know what their names are? Oh, their names are asking about. Okay.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I would I mean, that again, you're talking about that day where they put the little, if I'm getting you right, let like the caption like, this is Tom, and like the little caption.
0: That's one way to do it.
1: Yeah. I don't that's know, why I, don't, and I never minded that way.
0: Yeah, I don't that. know that that's the best, but that's certainly one way and it can work,
1: right? You could also have somebody in the room say if they're going to a meeting, the guys like, "Oh, Mr. Mr. so and so or Mr. Mrs. so and so, thank you for coming." And you got have the other person say it. There is that. But again, that's only if they're in a meeting like the other person's expecting them.
0: That that's correct, so, Aaron, but but we don't really call each other by name all the time, right? Aaron, I mean, would you just would you agree, Jeremy? No. <laughs> I
2: mean, don't
0: I because it sounds weird to us, it yeah. makes us go, oh, why are you saying my name right you know, <laughs> you, 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 that's uh oh cassisi says they would argue dialogue yeah he so he was saying that a show don't tell uh thing so so that's the thing I, I think that you have to remember in in comics is that you because we don't have sound and we don't have movement, right, and so yeah. there are things that you sometimes have to tell that said. Don't do it in a cheesy chintzy kind of way, right Don't do it like comics in the 1950s did. Thor punches Hulk with a mighty blow. Yeah I can I can see that <laughs> you know, tell me something else, right you know if I don't know who the characters are, they have to call each other by name, right They have yeah. to call each other by name or you can use the caption boxes to, you know this is yeah. this is Wolverine, which is what Claremont did right yeah. Wolverine. He's the best he is at that what he does and what he does is a very nice right. I mean, th- th- again, that that's one way. There are other things that, about like powers, right? How do you, as fans, you want to know about their powers. Spider-Man's not going to say, here I'm shooting my webbing at you that I created yeah. in my bedroom last night using these formula, right? No, he's not going to say that, right? But as a fan, you want to know. You want to know that information. So how do you get that to the reader? And that's the challenging part for a writer is that how do you deliver that without being cheesy right without well, basically without...
1: breaking the fourth wall in a little yeah bit.
0: so so i i think there are times when as a writer you have to tell right but you have to be... but again in saying that you can't you can't do it in a cheesy way you you and that's yeah. not easy to do right
1: no <laughs> i mean you could you could do i mean yeah if they walk into if you could do scenes I mean, depends on the scene, if they walk in. I mean, I guess it could be, like, what happens next. I mean, walking into a room, you may not know who they are, but the concurring scene, the scene following, it may explain who they are. Yeah. Um, For instance, I always use the introduction to the original movie, Blade movie's called Blade. But the introduction to that entire movie just summed up that character. I mean that one beginning scene was like that's all you just need to know about this cat. That's it. Yeah. You know, you have the whole club with the vampires all doing the thing. He walks in and just starts killing. him am like, okay, guy hunts vampires. That's it. Very quick. I mean, and you walk in, you don't know that character. I mean, you've seen the movie poster, so you know who Blade is technically, right? But you don't <laughs> know who he is. He just walks in and starts kind of like grinning. You can see this guy's eager they kind of like take these, and all the vampires are fearful of them. They're backing up because they know who this guy is, and so. But that's but him just walk in. You don't know, but the scene coming up will explain it, and it explains yeah. the spades. It's such a good opening but, but scene. See, I mean, the, there's been many. The original Indiana Jones did that. Now these are movie examples, right? Right. Well, I mean, there's, but but there's, I would
0: I, even
2: say that. Go, back that to like I, this, go ahead, Jeremy. Well, that leads into the splash pages that comics used to have. To show you the character in the action, so you know what the powers are up front. You might have a crowd reacting to the character in the fight, so you get the name from that. So look, look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a yeah. plane,
1: and the It's Superman. Screen. Yeah,
2: right. Yes, yeah, so you see Superman's name, they know who he is. You see he's flying, so you know he's gonna fly. Yeah. And, and and so that would, I guess, could technically be an example
0: of telling, right? Oh, There's yeah. these people on the ground telling you, look, that's Superman, right. You, you see what I'm saying? So uh, I think sometimes in comics you have to break that show don't tell. As long as you don't oh, do yeah, it, in an, as long as you don't do yeah. it in a stupid way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still remember there was a there was a Star Wars comic called The Dark Empire or something, and they made a sequel to it, yeah. The Dark Horse. And I remember I was excited for the sequel, but they did. I mean, they did the old 50s. you talking like they showed. I remember like there's a picture of Han Solo and Leia running down a corridor. And at the top it said, Han Solo and Leia run down a corridor. I'm like, hey, you don't need to do that. And they did it throughout <laughs> the entire book. No like, way. the writers had nothing else to write except it was literally re- reciting what's happening in the scene. It almost closed caption for, like, the hard of hearing, but there's no sound, so you don't need to, chief. So, yeah. I don't know. It was, I remember reading that going, like, wow, this is really self-referential. I mean, this not? I mean, did the editor not read through and realize this? Or just, but, you know?
0: Yeah. And see, about your Blade um, uh, scene is what that, does, even though it might not have established the name, what it does, it establishes who he is and what exactly. he does, right? And yeah. so we, we're we going to assume, like you said, you saw the movie poster. You're going to see the movie called Blade. You're going right? to recognize so, it. So, I mean, so they you,
1: did that with uh, the original X-Men, first X-Men movie, then they introduced Wolverine. I mean, they did a pretty good job of that scene at the bar. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, now you know who this guy is. Right. At least you know yeah. what he can do. <laughs> yeah. and, and this, is where,
0: this is where, where I would argue that a lot of independent comics fail is they spend a lot of time doing stuff that doesn't advance a story, right? Yeah, uh, I, 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 I I always say, what if you're the writer, ask yourself, what does this page accomplish in my story?
1: I think I would argue a little bit on that the only way to argue about that is whether you're doing a character study or if you're doing a plot driven story. plot driven story Doesn't you guys matter. Stay with it. Doesn't but, matter. I mean, there are character moments that can come out but i would say they're in the context of the story okay i mean there are so, character moments all the time in like lord of the rings but in the context of the journey
0: sure I, and, and that's yeah. the thing is it is it what it does it it, it it develops and further builds the character right giving so it accomplishes something and i think that's what you have to yeah. ask is what does it accomplish and you see a lot of independent comics or a, a handful of independent comics that they have a couple of pages and nothing happens
1: oh yeah, yeah. or they jump too quick i mean i've seen the opposite yeah. where you know guy comes in it's like who are you evil villain let's fight and then you fight, and you have no <laughs> idea why so that's yeah. that also works you know
0: Jeff said, I've always said that the purpose of the first chapter is to plant a question in the reader's mind. The need to answer that question is what pulls them through the book. Uh, I think that's fair. I don't think it always has to be a question. I think it has to be – it does have to be something that makes them say, I want to know the answer. Well, I guess that would be a question, right? Um, That would be a hook.
1: I mean, considering all stories are literally solving a problem. I mean, all stories are a complication of a problem. You're introducing a problem in the beginning, so that would be the introduction of a story. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, even with holding the character's name, like for example, the Blade one,
1: then you he, never uh, know inter-
2: well, yeah so I'm interested in this character. Who is he? You have a little bit, you have a little knowledge of it. Now you want to see more about him and find out what's his name and so forth. So you're more invested in going forward.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, yeah. they don't even say his name in the beginning. The, the vampire's like, it's him. It's the Daywalker. But they don't even say his name except what they call him, which I thought yeah. was want to know what the Daywalker oh, means. Go into yeah. the what does that you know, mean? What, what they are they saying? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah who is this guy? And why does he does, why does he do this? Right. Yeah. So yeah.
1: It, it was one of those <clears throat> Indiana Jones was also a great introduction to That character, the original Raiders of lost Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Which people have you studied in film history. I mean, you have this guy just getting the treasure. And I mean, within what, 10, 15 minutes, you pretty much know yep. what this guy's about. Yep. You know what he does. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Well, all right, fellows, uh, as always happens, our clock has run. And so it is time to wrap up our show. And with that, remember to make mine Silverline. Hey, I'm
2: Alex Saviuk. And I just want to let you know, make mine Silverline.
0: Everyone, and welcome to Silver Sunday. We've got a uh, we've got a different crew with us tonight, so it's going to be fun. We're going to have a fun topic. First and foremost, thanks to Daytona Beach Comic Con for being a Silver Line sponsor. We love Daytona Beach Comic Con, and you should too. You should make your plans to attend September 10th and 11th. Also, uh, if you are in Orlando and you want to find Silverline Comics, you should go to Coliseum of Comics on East Colonial Drive. They carry Silverline Comics. They carry all the Silverline comics. If you like fan stuff, you should check out OCD, uh, who is uh, one of uh, our sponsors as well. OCD Orlando Collector Deviants. They stream every Thursday night, which we have told us do not stream on Thursdays. You gotta stream every night. Don't stream on Thursdays. I have told them we would not go up against their stream. and last but not least a big shout out to kablam printing if you are an independent creator and you need your comic book printed go to kablam they uh they print all of our comic books aaron tell people who you are
1: uh i'm the artist on fire rush penciler and i'm doing the obsolete.
0: Okay. And joining us tonight, who is he? He is generally more a regular on or kind of semi regular on the Wednesday stream. Jeremy Kahn. Yeah. Jeremy, say hello. It. Tell people hello. who you are.
2: Well, I am Jeremy. I do a lot of the coloring work on a bunch of the titles,
0: and I am Roland Man. I am the chief cook and a bottle washer of the show. Jeremy's oh. ready to jam. That's the yeah, I'm like, his... I'm sitting there going,
1: like, I, don't, I don't
0: know. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I'm still excited about my laptop. I'm sorry. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're ready to jam because you got your new laptop. So, yes. so the next topic is: Do adaptations help or hurt comic
1: sales? You're talking now, adaptations like movies or books. Yeah. Or something that, okay.
0: Right. Yeah. So, so we have comic books, and so th- this is this is the comic came first, right? Episode, right? So the comic comes yeah. first. And then it gets an adaptation whether that be a movie a game a TV show a book uh whatever what
1: what you don't are, know I, I, don't know. I mean this? I uh it's funny because I kept thinking the other way around movies just stuff being adapted in the comics which that always bothered me sometimes because it, it kind of like they were using comics as a marketing gimmick instead of making it like if I used to see a lot of like, they don't do this that much anymore back in the nineties and eighties, they would make movies in the comics. Yeah. You know, but it felt more like a marketing gimmick than an action. And they, like, still that, they, they, they still do that though. Yeah. They R- still do rarely. Not, not as much, but, but they do. I mean, um, it just, just felt
0: few, just like five years ago. I did a, I did, I wrote a movie adaptation. Oh, did you? <laughs> I did. I yeah.
1: Yeah, because I I don't know. The movie came first
0: and they asked me to do a a graphic novel adaptation of it. So it was like 130 pages.
1: Oh good.
2: Oh wow.
0: It was long, yeah. Well
2: are we talking about the direct adaptation, like you know, like the Watchmen comics of the movie or the Marvel stuff, which does change up the source, so it isn't technically a straight adaptation.
0: I would say either one of those is fine. if
2: if it if the the movie or the book owes its life to a comic book. I keep thinking about the manga industry because that's specifically driven by the adaptations they make for the manga, and that helps in turn generate sales for the, for the original manga book as well. But I mean, we well, usually the they
1: make the manga, then they make the anime. Yeah, the anime. Then so, they make the circle, but they, they're usually yes. pretty verbatim. Do do I mean, the anime is Zach like the manga? I think we're America's So if I were right to go, in the, go ahead, Roland.
0: If I were going to buy Attack on Titan, it would be. Just like the, the TV show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: That's
2: what I was asking, where we're talking, where we're talking, about, we're talking about something like, you know, like Watchmen, which is pretty much a straight adaptation, which would be like the manga thing I'm talking about, or with the Marvel stuff in general, which does is just more loosely based on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would say either of those is fair game because because both of those owe their their film life to a comic book originally, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so the comic the comic is the original Source material, it's the original format. So I would say, okay. in that case,
2: yeah. I don't think there's any impact. Usually, the market for movies is completely different than comics. Like, people going to see the movies more often than not have no interest in the comics themselves. I've seen this at playing conventions where people cut will say, um you know, oh, I'm just a fan of the movies. I'm not into comics. Yeah. Like, I, I, was, I was selling a convention once, and there's a whole family going around just as the Avengers. You know, so I'm selling, I figure they okay, all caught them, caught them. And as soon as I called them, you know, they come over, as I'm talking to them, oh, wait, I'm actually, you know, they said I don't actually like the comic books. I don't read them. And everyone in the family didn't read them. However, they're all dressed as the Avengers because of the movies. Right. And that's what they're a fan of. Yeah. I see this constantly where people are more fans of the movies and have know nothing about the comics they came from.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. This is why when, you know, if they do adaptions of comics, the comic fans get irritated. I, I think, especially with Marvel and some of these that are so big that they don't care about pleasing the comic fans anymore. Um, because well, they think, built they built a movie audience.
0: Well, do you, do you think that was ever the case?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, if you're going to adapt a property into a movie, you have a built-in audience, you think it would be wise to cater to the audience initially mm-hmm. to boost sales, but as it takes on a life for its own, I, I would assume you can just do kind of whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I think so they I-
2: should try appeal... The best thing I think would do is appeal to the people going to the theater. You know, I know this would cost money for them, but have a comic book in the theater, even if it's just a reprim- an old issue, to promote the comic series in addition to the movie. Like, go, you know, go for a ticket. You go, when you put the ticket to the person who checks it, they'll give you a free comic book. And that'll at least get them hooked. Because normally chances of them going to a comic book store after the movie is very slim. At least this gets them. A that, you you would
1: point. think, strangely enough, you would think that would work. And I've heard I've heard actual stories of people doing that. Mm. A lot of times what the movie theaters end up with is a bunch of comic books on the floor. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, get um, back then. You would think because again, yeah. you can give a comic book away for free, but trying to get them to read it, that's mm. a whole nother issue.
2: Well, I was think they'd be excited to read it after seeing the movie. Hey, I want to see more of the story. Hey, I got something in my hand here. Guess I not. wish it
1: worked that way, but it just really doesn't.
2: All right. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I take back my suggestion. <laughs> so, so the data
0: that I'm operating on is is uh, and I see a question there, Eric. I'll get to you in a second. The data that I'm operating on is uh, is old, right? But I remember back when, uh, and so you know, there's been blockbuster movies since then. I guess is kind of the point. Um. There there were studies, you know, marketing uh, uh, research that basically said, hey, when when a comic book movie comes out, you know, like the, the first Batman mm. comic sales uh, experience a, a, a tiny spike. Now, not a big okay. spike, but a, Just a, a, little... a, a blip. A blip is a better word. Right. And and because what happens is it it it. Uh, or, or the, the guess is, what happens is that these old comic fans are like, man, I used to buy Batman. I think I'm, I'm gonna go try out another Batman, and they go to the comic you know. shop, and, uh, and then they, they look and they go, holy crap, this is not the Batman I remember. And and holy crap, comic books aren't fifty cents anymore, yeah. <laughs> right? So they may or they they'll probably buy something because they're in there, and you know the the, the 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 nostalgia and the sentiment about their childhood causes them to buy something, but they don't turn. So, uh, so market re- research indicates that that it's not the case. It's it's not that it that, that movies don't really help comics.
1: No, they don't. It, and you you wish it would. Strangely enough, the other thing too is, and this is kind of a, I think, how uh, modern technology has advanced. Watching movies and even playing video games too, a degree, Watching movies and TV are very uh, non. Commitment sort of issue. In other words, if you read a comic, you have to sit down and read it. For a TV, you just stare at it. And I know that sounds weird to people, but in order to read something to sit down, you have to engage with it. And, And a lot of people, the less engagement, the less work they have to do on their end to enjoy your product, the more apt they're apt to do it. If they have to engage and like read the comic or whatever, I mean it's really hard to get people to read, they just don't read books, they don't read. I mean you know, we could talk about liter- I mean literacy, not the going to, but you could talk about that. You know, and and people told me like, look, somebody who likes to read is going to read. Yeah. Somebody likes to read comic books is going to read comic books. But to get a movie watcher to all of a sudden turn into a book reader, it happens, but not as much as you think.
0: So you know, it's funny. I've been watching these Stanley. So uh, so yay, we got another backer, twenty seven seventy one now. Yay! Thank you, whoever there was. um, so I've been watching a lot of uh, Stan Lee videos here. I, I stumbled across one, you know, the, the old Stan versus Jack kind of thing. And and uh, while I wasn't interested in that so much, uh, it led me to a, another video that had, uh, it must have been ABC, NBC, somebody interviewing Stan uh, from about 1975. Okay. And yeah, so, you know, Stan still didn't have, oh, what?
1: He's readjusting <laughs> it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Re, re, yeah. You're right because they're still the, the back are still there. They're just adjusting. So, um, so uh, yeah. That's, whoever that is is like try, yeah, Let's let's see how many heart attacks we can get rolling.
1: Right. Yeah. No
0: doubt. <laughs> um. And one of the things that 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 Stan uh, was saying was that um, yeah, he was advocating for comics. Obviously, and the guy was like, well, you know, who's going to read comics? And he was like, well, this is a great int- entry way to reading for young readers. And he said, um, we are in a generation where our kids are reading less and less thanks to the movies and television. And I'm like, wow, that kind of sounds like the same argument that we would have today about readers being distracted by, you know, video games or or what have you. Right. Um, and, and the fact that Stan was making that, that same argument back then was, I found quite interesting.
1: It's, it, it is. And I mean, it, the thing is, is I, I remember working with somebody who was helping him make a comic, and I said at the time, the Clone Wars, Star Wars cartoon was on Cartoon Network, and he wanted to make a cartoon. And I was hoping to make a, a comic, then a cartoon, and all this stuff. And I said, like, well, you, you know, you'd be competing against Star Wars. And he's like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you are. And he's like, yeah. no. And it, there's this weird train of thought with like, you feel like these bigger properties are so big that they're they're not your direct competitors. But a lot of people who get in the comics that realize is everyone is your competitor, especially right. video games and movies, because you know people only have so much money to spend on stuff. Yep. You want to try to get them not spend money on the stuff they want, but stuff on your stuff, and that's incredibly hard to do. So you know what's more bang for your buck sort of thing. But it's weird how some I've had people who go like, "Well, I'm, we're not competing against the big ones. A Harry Potter, the like, yes, you are." Yeah. You you are. I mean, it seems weird to think that, but is Silverline competing against those people? Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. we are. Yeah, so yeah, and exactly because um, you know these boxes back here. Mm -hmm. When if someone buys a a Spider-Man comic or 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 Cat and Mouse, guess what? It's going in a bag and it's going in a box, right? So so Marvel comics are going to go right beside the Silverline. Well, maybe probably in a different box, but they're they're going to look just like this. You know, same, same thing for stores. Um, if you go into a store, the store is going to have their Marvel comics displayed, their DC comics displayed, and they're going to have, hopefully, they'll have Silverline comics displayed. Now they'll be yeah. Marvel and DC and then Silverline, right? But yeah. the, you're, you're fighting for that shelf space uh-huh. because you got to remember at the bottom line, it's all still uh, a business. Eric says, evening gents. Excited to get these new Kickstarter books question though, Eric, we know that you're going to like them. Uh, We are super confident in that. And as you can see, we have 58 minutes to go, so... um... You
1: know, I would say in in, 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 answering Eric's question... Well, let's ask the
0: question. Has there ever been a... And this is just for the audio later, right? (laughs) Has there ever been a comic adaptation of a movie that was originally
2: a comic? Well, I think a good example would be the the Burton Batman movie. Because... The Batman movies is obviously based on the Batman comic. Then the comic adaption of that movie is actually different than the movie because it's based on the earlier draft of the movie. So you actually, right. have, like, you actually have two different versions of the Batman movies then as a result, which actually is pretty regular with uh, movie adaptions because you're basically, you get the thing out on time to meet the movie deadline. you have working on an earlier draft. Like if you check out uh, some of the early uh, Star Wars novelizations, they are really different than the final movies that came out. And have huh. an yeah, and a lot movie. of
1: times because they're right. Same thing with book novelizations yeah. of movies, they could be kind of different, ad scenes yeah. and whatever. And a lot of times because they're writing them while the movie's being made, yeah. uh, so there's certain things they'll put in. Um, aliens did that with their novelization, but we're you know, talking about Batman. I was thinking of Tim Burton's Batman because you had Tim Burton's Batman yeah. based off Batman comics, and they made an actual Tim Burton Batman comic book based on animation. Yeah. yeah, with the suit from the movie and the car and everything, yeah. So it does I, happen. Yeah, does I help? Guess that, Oh, I yeah.
0: don't know. Um, I, I would imagine, and I, and I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine uh, some other properties, like maybe Men in Black. Um, yeah.
2: Did Men in Black have a movie adaptation? Yeah. And, I, did Men in Black had a movie. He also had a cartoon series. Yeah. Then they had a comic based on the cartoon series as well. Well, Men in
1: Black started right. out as a comic book. Was that- yeah, well, yeah. yeah no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was yeah. saying
2: the yeah. comic from the cartoon was based on the cartoon version of the movie, which was based on the comic book.
1: Yeah, so I think you're saying you're right because it would be yeah, comic, yeah. movie, cartoon, and then comic book. So it would kind of like this full circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full circle there. Yeah, it, it happens. Is yeah. there any benefit to it? Oh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big, and I've heard this many times, is one of the reasons like why don't the Marvel movies translate in the comics? Because the comics are doing their own thing and the movies are doing their own thing. So a That's lot like, of people go see the Avengers and like, I want to go, I want the comic book with the basic Avengers that the one I see in the movies, and it's like an all different team, so it yeah. doesn't always That's translate. Like because
2: yeah. a lot of times when movies come out, yeah, these ongoing storylines are hard for new people to get into. So even if they mm. are interested after the movie. They get turned off immediately as soon as they see that. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah it's like this is not what I want. Yeah. Right. So,
0: well, and and, and I think I would I would argue that the other thing is that, um, you know, for I don't know, the last uh, twenty years or so, someone someone who buys Marvel and the DC Comics today would have to to uh, m- maybe more address this. But I know they were doing it back in the nineties. It's all these doggone events, right? You can't imagine if you went to a movie and like, hey, I'm really interested in that, I'm gonna go to see what this And you go, and then they, like, oh, yeah, this is you know, this is part seven of a 20 part story. And I'm like, well, I'm not buying that, I just wanted to buy the Avengers, <laughs> you know. Uh,
1: yeah, I think there is, and I, I've heard of there was a, a few years ago that I think Marvel did it, Well, they tried to do. An Avengers series separate from the whole kind of Marvel Universe that it was its own ongoing series with the original team. Kind of almost it was based off a like comic. In other words, trying to get like people who are in the comics, like give them a series they you know that is an insular series and not connected to the Marvel Universe, per mm-hmm. se. And I don't think it lasted very long, but they're trying to that way, you know, people can like, oh, I read this, like this thing. It was called like Earth's Mightiest Adventures. Maybe it's based off the cartoon or something. And then if they oh, like yeah. that then you know then they can go into the actual proper marvel universe adventures proper does that, does that kind of make sense it yeah. was like a yep, series yep, that yep. was insular from the rest of the marvel universe but still started the avengers and yeah. i've seen people try that before i'm not sure to what success that is um but i do know that i think people you know I mean, I, and, and the movies are running into the same thing. Because a lot of people, like, the hard thing to break in the comics is because there's so much of You have to collect so much of it. But I've right. heard people, like, say, like, oh, you got to watch the Marvel movies. Like, how many movies? 20? Like, forget that. So the That's movies are running TV. into the same concept in a way, too. Yep. with the, like oh, yeah, I don't the TV series again. on top of that, which even
2: complicates yeah. it further.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Stuff Stuff like Hawkeye and WandaVision and... and It's just, uh, I mean, it's just... Yeah, it's just the Winter more to grow
1: this... Um, The more you mean, you have a backlog. The more backlog you make, the less people. Again, it's time.
0: Well, so here's 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 what I think. Right Um, now, anybody who's talked to me knows that uh, that I'm a a shooter fan. And for those, if you're out there and you're a shooter hater, please don't uh, hate me when I say I'm a shooter fan. I look at I look at the comics that came out under shooters purview in the 1980s, and you know, I don't know whether he was a, a a tyrant that, you you know, you read that he was a tyrant in the offices and that kind of thing. I don't know. I wasn't there. The only thing I'm looking at are the comics mm-hmm. and the comics that came out. They came out on time. They were good. Um, you know, they, they were exciting. They got me interested in in, in all kinds of new comics, at, at, you know, during yeah. the end. I was just reading, you know, one or two others. But, man, there was a time when I was buying probably most of the Marvel line. And that would have been in the 80s, you know?
1: Yeah, well, Shooter, Um, that was his his, uh, prime days, his big days in
0: the 80s. Yep, yep. And and part of that was, you you know, now, and this is not just a Shooter thing. This was kind of a a Marvel thing, but I know Shooter was very, very big on it. It's like, you know, for the writers, you've got to write every comic as if it is somebody's first issue. So if you pick up Avengers, I I, I know for me, I, I pick up Avengers number 140. I don't know any of those characters. I might know Captain America, right? But I didn't know who yes. any of those other characters were. So you gotta introduce if you're the writer, you gotta introduce me to those characters. Tell me a little something about them. You know, you don't have to you don't have to go into to everything. But you just think about like right. Wolverine. What what you know, if you read Claremont's Wolverine, what do you know about Wolverine?
1: Well, he's the best he is at what he does. I mean he does the same thing. And Wolver- what
0: he does is it very nice, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So that 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 was hammered, and that was just that was interesting enough that you knew there was something about Wolverine, right? So you knew that.
1: Um, do you think the reason maybe they don't do that today is so many series are four issues long? In other words, it's not a huge investment to go back and get the rest of the series if it's four issues.
0: So here's—I don't a, know.
1: I'm I'm just guessing. I mean, so.
0: As to whether Marvel and DC do that today or not, I don't know because I don't read yeah. Marvel and DC today, so yeah. I, I can't, I can't address whether they still, um, whether they still do that or whether they don't do that. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, maybe if somebody's listening can chime in and say they still do that or not. Um, I know independent comics are horrible about it. They're yeah. horrible, horrible, horrible. You, you you can pick up, you know. Uh, you you find yourself at a show. I know I I people have heard me before. I buy a lot of uh, I do I support Kickstarters and I buy a lot of stuff at at uh, conventions. Right now I buy a lot I buy a lot of stuff out of the cheap box. Um, a, you know almost all of it independent comics. That's not to say I'd never buy any Marvel or DC out of the, the 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 cheap box. I do some. Um, but you know if there's an independent creator there, I'll I'll you know I'll try out their book. Um, a lot of times, and. They're often, you, 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 if you get like a two or a three, you're like, you literally are coming in the middle of the story and you're like, I have no idea who these characters are. I have no idea what's going on. And you, you know, if you're a reader, are you going back for that? I mean, that's the, like a lot no. of people,
2: <laughs> first game name, want to create this big manifesto, which, you know, like, I'm going to make this big, you know, sprawling saga. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know? I mean, I personally. I mean, I actually found that myself. I was doing my first uh self-published stuff. Then I like, got the second series I was doing. was like, screw it. Each issue is gonna be self-contained. Yeah. And then in addition okay. to that, I even wrote I even consolidated the entire series summary into a one page, mm-hmm. just so I have a one page catch-up in each issue.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's great. I know yeah. I know my our our, our our good pal Barry Gregory, who uh runs Gallant Comics. Uh if you run if you read uh John Eman, you know, John Eyman was a six issue mini you pick up, uh, uh, you know, issue two, three, four, five, and six. The very first page is a is it's like um, uh, what what happened before, and he just gives a. a, a, a Any I, I think I, I'd have to go back and look. I think he takes panels, he pulls panels from the issues, but he just gives a summary. But he has images like, hey, you know, in the, in the in the last uh, when last we were here. John Amon did this, and then this happened, and this happened, and now
2: you're all cut up, right? And then I mean, yeah. that's very, I remember reading a lot of comics like that in the 90s, and I always thought that was a good idea, you know, because no matter what issue you come into, you at least have something to do, get you caught up. It was like when watching right. TV, you have the previously on, you know, set. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a great idea as well. Movie, um, but yeah,
1: we've talked about, I mean, I, I know, I think. I mentioned like you know movies don't do the big end of movies are like if you watch Return of the Jedi and his first introduction to Star Wars you don't know what's going on was yeah. one, but, but it's not but a big entry dead. to go back and watch the other two movies now I would almost argue in a way do the Marvel movies do that or should they I mean if you if your first introduction to Marvel is like Endgame <laughs> good luck with that one um
2: I remember one I someone, um, my brother had movie. a friend who never read the Harry Potter series, never saw the movies, and his first introduction was the part two of Deathly Hallows movie.
0: Oh, my gosh. That was his very <laughs>
2: first introduction to Harry Potter. Uh, uh,
0: I can't remember if it was part two or part one, but uh, my family gets mad at me because I, I call it Harry Potter's Amazing Camping Adventure. It is. Oh, my gosh. That's so bad. I, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, and that that episode in particular was the worst piece of junk like yeah, Harry Potter's the,
2: amazing camping adventure
1: it was it kind of took the whole school out of it and like um wasn't it like a wizarding school or something it's a or summer vacation
2: a summer camp edition
0: camp <laughs> <event>. <laughs> right yeah what happened to band camp right
1: <laughs> well let me ask you this do you would you would it be cool if any Silverline was adapted into movies or something else or could you take or leave it could you be like ah oh, whatever
0: you know um I, obviously, my very first answer is like, absolutely, because here's here's here's. So I, I was going to go here a while ago, but our, our yeah. conversation went, went somewhere else. Um, you know, here's one of the thing one of the reasons I, I think they they make the movies. OK, obviously, the movie makers see money in it. Right. They they're not going to make a movie they're not going to say yes we'll do a, a fantastic four movie unless they really think they can make movie uh, make money right yeah. they're not, not going to do it with the intent to lose money it's just not going to happen that's not the way they run their businesses right comic books are interested marvels interested because it's like hey if they can make a good fantastic four movie and 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 here's what here's where i think the 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 weirdness, catch twenty two, not a catch twenty two. I don't know, uh, y'all help me with the term. But here's yeah. where, where it comes strange. It's like history and, and and data has proven that it doesn't help any. So why is the mentality from Marvel and DC? I know. Hey, if we can get them to make a really good Fantastic Four movie, it'll make more people come and buy the comic books.
1: I still don't understand that either. I don't understand why that still, why there's even a push for adaptations when it's proven over like I got, it's been decades now. That yeah. it doesn't improve, and if it does improve, I mean, I would assume Disney probably sells more merch, nuts like action figures, T-shirts, and whatnot than comics. Well, I thought it was always out.
2: that they make the movies because it's already an established IP, it's already a universe written and created, so it's less work for them to do in the creative side. Yeah, so it's just a little easier shortcut for them to make the movies. And with established think, IP, is
1: yeah, uh, yes, and no. I, I mean, I, I think you're right on that. Again, I, I and Roland has talked about this even with the cat and mouse. As always, you get those creators or directors that they want to change something because they get like ownership of it or something. Yep. Um, which again completely betrays the fans. It's like, I don't want to see that because that's stupid. And so the whole thing just and they keep doing right. this recycling. This is why, like, so why does anime and manga work? Well, because they're one to one creations every now and other. Literally, anime is the manga in motion. Well, I, I mean, the anime just acts
2: as an advertisement for the manga.
1: It is. It is, and if well, they actually did be- the comics verbatim one for one, that might work. Not all the time, but it might.
0: I hold on to the. This- oh, I- Whoops! Oops! Apparently, I don't hold on to it well. <laughs> <laughs> well I-, I have this. All these documents that includes, uh, obviously, this. See, this is this is dated in the early nineties, but this is when Cat and Mouse was. Uh, option by trilogy, right?
1: Yeah,
0: I, I I hang on to this because this reminds me of how bad it was. This this is so bad. What they did to the property is just I, I just and I, and so I hang on to it because I want to be reminded that yeah. you know if something like this were to ever happen again, I, I need to
2: make sure that I have some sort of uh, input. Let's give king option, we have the ability to. You know, basically kill the project whenever
0: you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, so, so I think part of it is you, you, when you're talking about, you know, people going in and making changes so that they can have ownership of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think part of it is if you look at the Marvel, most of the Marvel movies, the people who made that clearly have an affinity for the characters. They like them.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Now, I, w- I would almost argue if you look at the DC movies, they don't like Superman.
1: I think they just don't know what to do with him. Superman is a character like the Hulk is in Marvel. Well, they kind of just never kind of know what to do with the Hulk. I mean, he's cool. He's there, but they just can't quite figure it out. Cause hard, I don't I mean, know why.
2: It's hard to make but, a threat for Superman. Well, I guess it depends the version you use of him. But he's more of a yeah. reactionary character.
1: Yeah. I, I think the the biggest thing that the studio didn't want to do with Superman was, I mean, so – you come up to Christopher Nolan, Batman saga, and that just makes bucket loads of money. Yeah. And then they're like, well, the whole realism thing seems to work. We need to stick with that. The dark gritty realism Does that worked for Nolan and that'll be our difference from Marvel. Okay. That, that works in Batman because he's realistic in some capacity and he has no powers. I mean, you know. Um, but once you put Superman in there, they don't really know what to do with him because yeah. he is like the epitome of the Super Friends idea of like the cheesy cartoon. This is why they tried to make Superman relatively dark and like serious. I mean, all of the, I mean, Zach, I mean, not only Zack Snyder, but Christopher Nolan was the main one of the main producers of the whole Zack Snyder universe. And so I think they were just like, okay, well, we know we know Batman, we get him. What do we do with Superman? Especially what do we do with Aquaman? I mean, these guys don't fit. How are we going to do this? so, Because, I mean, the funny thing is, it is a hard movie. I mean, Batman is got in the world. I mean, even in the comics, Metropolis is light light and happy. Gotham is dark and serious. And you mishmask those again. It seems to work in the comics. But for the movies, it's like one's going to suffer. Either Batman's going to be too bright, like the 60s Batman, or Superman's going to be too dark. And, and, and it happened to go that way. But that's a weird, fine line. And yeah. I don't think they really kind of knew what to do. They attempted it. Even when I heard it, I'm like, if you're going to do Christopher Nolan, like, that works in Christopher Nolan's universe, but put Superman and stuff in there. I right. mean, look what they did with Aquaman. I mean, they finally just made the super bright, happy Aquaman movie. Now throw Batman in that Aquaman movie. That ain't going right. to work. So <laughs> it's hard, man. I well, don't know. That's the Justice League. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the one thing marvel did is they set their tone from the beginning the problem dc had is they already had movies superman movies and batman movies previously they had two tones set: that christopher reeves superman and they had the christopher nolan tim burton's mm. batman you got to mix those marvel was yeah. like well, we ain't got nothing we're just woohoo. we start from the beginning so yeah. that was their advantage i think and dc yeah. was but, playing like
0: but i, I think the, so so the christopher reeves superman is beloved
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. I grew up with it, just like yeah. yeah.
0: Why would you not? Why would you try to change that so drastically that it's unrecognizable? I think because the backlash
1: back up from it? Superman Returns. I can yeah, see that. Superman yeah, too, did I guess, get. It. But I mean, but... it was just a technically bad. It was not a very good. It did
2: movie. well. It actually did well, yeah. and he was a good Superman. Just the I thought he was. So little...
1: no.
2: it's like it was like the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. He actually is a good. After in that. The problem is the script kind of you know. Right. Yeah.
1: And yeah. That's how
2: the Superman returns as well. Good actor, sort of a script.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: But then after so- that you went on to the, the Nolan trilogy and I said, oh this has better reception than the previous Superman one. Let's stick with this type of tone.
0: Oh, yeah. Cassisi, this can't be a
1: serious question.
0: Cassisi says, who loved the Christopher Reeve Superman, though? I, I mean, to everybody, right? The original
1: right? ones, yeah. The original, like, the first yeah. two. And the first two were written um, to be one movie. I mean, the third ones, and that were kind of like, but, I mean, Donna wrote the first two. I mean, you can see him setting up the second one in the first movie. I mean, the very yeah. beginning scene of the first movie is the Kryptonians being flung into space, and then, of course, that goes in the two. Um, so he was setting them up. Um, you know, I I don't know. I mean, there could be, because he says the, the fresh take on the characters.
0: Yeah, he says, I think enough years have <laughs> had passed to have a fresh take on the character.
1: I can see that. Um, Superman's just kind of like, he's more of this icon, this general sort of template for superheroes. So I think that's one of the things that sometimes kind of hurts him. Is anybody thinks of superheroes? Like, oh, you think of Superman. Yeah. And so if you try to do anything different with the guy,
2: Well, you can always go with the... You have some good what-if stories, you know, the Elseworlds stuff with Superman that do deviate from that. I think DC's one seems to be really um, going after those alternate, you know, single standalone movies. Maybe a good idea to adapt one of the Elseworlds Superman ones. Yeah. Yeah. Because DC says, I'm not saying that he isn't loved. I'm asking us
0: to consider that many years had passed. Yeah. Yeah, and and I get that. I think that... What's the one on? it's a
1: hard question to answer because we grew up with this so we're coming I mean, this is like when you see a lot of young kids like you know oh you grew up in the 80s you know 80s stuff and and you know but even when what? they take like a a lot of the 80s properties they take now and make movies of are like comedies like look well, how I mean, even the sitcom not sitcoms but like uh they made 21 jump street and that was yeah. a comedy. So yeah, well,
0: I think that the obviously society and technology has changed. Yeah, and, and will continue to change. Obviously, you know, uh, uh, we we, you know, uh, when Superman, uh, when Christopher Reeve Superman was done, the idea of of cell phones of uh, actually looking at people that was Dick Tracy technology. You know, yeah, that was that was something that, didn't, but it's a reality now, and and yeah. and, and it's, you know, it's so,
1: super common. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, more common than not um he I goes think, on the attitude of a superhero may be viewed differently by a younger generation yeah. um the anti-hero is seriously on the rise i would so say i would say the anti-hero has been on the rise since the late 1980s so i don't i don't think that's i don't think that's fair to say it's on the rise now because i think that if you look at what i mean the punisher Dark Knight returns wolverine uh, those all kind of gave birth to that that grim and gritty late 80s early they, they get birth to the image age you know yeah.
1: even um, the wolverine was made on a joke i remember it's like a dare or a joke he was made i mean
2: yeah, even probably like the turtles have you know anti-hero to made stand for raffy oh, yeah oh yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah um yeah i mean i remember all the, the what i heard the creation wolverine made it, it was something like they just said like i want you should make a canadian character and i love all you canadians out there like Canadian character that would sell. And he's like, okay. And so they made Wolverine made him Canadian. And was it was really like some funny sort to... of like pitch or something. Well, and like. then it like really they... funny
2: because sooner they wanted to make him get rid of his Canadian origins in the movies, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and then of course they the Alpha Flight had uh the Guardian. Yeah. Which which I liked. Uh I liked the character a lot.
1: I liked that um, I thought it was it was cool. I liked yeah. a lot of those. Um I think the anti-hero has maybe you know. I think there's always that anti-hero because I think there's always a younger generation that has that sort of anti-authority build. Well, into...
0: yeah, and Cassisi says that. Let me rephrase: the anti-hero has more of a spotlight, um, and I, I would say I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I would I would say that the anti-heroes had the spotlight since um, since then, um, yeah. and I. I would, I would, my guess is going to be uh, it's a reflection of society because comics have, have, ever since the beginning, comics have always kind of reflected that. That said, I don't think you take Superman and make him an anti
2: hero. I, I, no, I, I, I do think,
1: not, I don't think that. I think I just Superman, want to
2: make one argument of case. Um, the okay. world story, Red Sun, which is really well done and oh, does yeah. make Superman a kind of villainous type character in there.
0: Yeah, it does but that's
2: work. a that's a make believe story. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> My point is, you can't make Superman, you know, not a good character, and still.
1: I should have read we're, we're not the word that wrong.
2: I mean, you can still make Superman not the. I don't try to say that. Right,
1: well, right see, I, the reason I like the Zack Snyder Superman, I know a lot of people don't, is because I kind of felt. Like he had this all of this power and yet he felt the weight of the world on his shoulders. And I thought that was an interesting take where he would try to do help and then there were all these political matters, like certain nations, like your guy. Superman can't come in and mess with our nation. This is you know diplomatic concerns. And I'm like, Well, that's that's an interesting take. Because if a guy could do anything, say he did something in Russia, like would America have a response to that since he's from America? I mean, so it's almost like this weird sort of like, and I think building the sort of real type world they were trying to do, Zack Snyder, a little bit, I think it was an interesting because how do you defeat a man who can't be defeated? Well, you make him a little unsure of himself as he's trying mm-hmm. to figure things out. Well, and so, I think that was an interesting take on that character. And of
0: course, I think this is this goes back to kind of my uh, uh, yeah. uh, my problem with Superman is that that he has become too powerful. I I love, I love the original Superman. I I am a big fan of the way Superman was created in the 1940s. He wasn't, uh, he couldn't, you know, fly around the world and make it spin backwards. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't have that kind of power. Um, the Max Fleischer
1: cartoons, which me and you both love, I think showed a good yes. deal of that sort of. Even though he could do amazing things, there was still an effort of striving in those cartoons to
0: do. Yeah, it. yes, yeah. Um, and, and 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 that is where you know, and and I think part of the problem for Superman is that, or or within there's concern. Oh no, he could get hurt. You watch Superman today, and I'm like, I'm not really concerned that Superman is going to get hurt. Yes, everyone tends to show up with some kryptonite. I don't know how they got it, but I know it's <laughs> the rare <laughs> substance on and, earth and, yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's and that's part of the problem with it is everyone shows up with kryptonite if, but you know, okay, well whatever. well uh, the problem
1: is is he's so powerful like you said that there's two ways you can you can at you flick that character then and, and you either flick them with kryptonite or you flick them emotionally. uh he can't be everywhere at once. Uh, He's unsure of himself. He's overconfident. That's how you cause problems with that character's hit, his attitude or viewpoint. But like you said, that kind of goes against the original idea of Superman. He's just the the Boy Scout who does good things. So, again, you make him so invincible. How do you write a story where you feel the stakes are against him? You, You have to hit him emotionally. And that doesn't always work with mm. the Superman we, we like. I did like the one that he couldn't be everywhere at once. Well, that was Richard Donner's take. Like, he that, he yeah. was so busy saving the dam, he didn't save Lois Lane. Like, no, he could be else everywhere else, at once.
2: There's an Elseworlds, Elseworlds story as well where he, uh, basically his uh, uh, Lois and everyone gets killed mm-hmm. and then he basically loses there and goes to this author- authoritarian you know, dictatorship to um, basically policing the world.
1: Oh, that's that. That was That's actually based off the um, uh, there's I don't there, the there, comic, a, the Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat made a video game at DC, like Injustice, in right? Magic, yeah, yes. that was DC, and then Magic, so. yes, Magic does hurt him. That's why I forgot. Um, mm. Oh, which, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jesse does become authority. I, Superman, he's I. I think to me, I would I would be like if people ask me like, what character do you like to write? I think he would be an int- interesting character to tackle because you really have to come at it from a pretty creative angle to get some unique ideas i I think there's stuff still stuff there to mine with that character but you really have to be creative about it i think i like but a so, challenge writing him would be a challenge
0: so let's go back to uh let me see if i can pull it back up here so cassisi said the, the attitude of a c- superhero may be viewed differently by a younger, younger generation yeah. so so i so i guess let me ask so when we're talking about adaptations and things like this so should you take that into consideration or should you, if you're doing the adaptation, should you say, okay, here's how Superman is. However, the younger generation has different attitudes than, uh, than generations when
2: Superman was created or even 40 years after Superman was created. Yeah. That should be, that should be taken into consideration. I mean, a perfect example of that is a miles, you know, the Spider-Man, he was a breakout success in the movie. Improved the comic. The comic itself wasn't very; they didn't do a good representation. But the movie really went deeper into that, and they did take into account the modern times and the younger generation with that movie, and it did much
1: better. That's yeah, and uh, but I see. I, I kind of yeah, I see what Roland's saying because it's like you could, and I think these are more the money makers behind the movie. Going like, we got to do what's cool, we got to cater to it. But if you cater to an audience, do you destroy? The character. I mean, I'm a big fan of Judge so, Dread. If you made a Judge Dread movie today, looking on the idea of the anti-hero, anti-hero meaning he's more fighting against the establishment, uh, like the government and the establishment, and fighting for the for the small guy, like Robin Hood sort of character, that would was totally about destroy to Judge Dredd's character. It would just totally destroy. It. He's authoritarian. um Superman is for peace and justice and the, the, you know, the American way, which I think I've heard they've gotten rid of that. They got
0: rid of that. Yeah.
1: Rid of that. And, and that says it right there. Superheroes today are fighting against the status quo or the government when before like us, it this the, you know, superheroes are part of like help defending like the nation state. Superman yeah. was there to kind of defend the nation state from criminals and do gooders that would hurt the state. Now I think it's a different viewpoint. And I think that's what Cassisi's getting at. And it, there I is just, something to that. I just well, want
2: to make it clear, right. they did not get rid of his model. They just changed it slightly. And yeah. it, they basically just have him say now truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Yeah. Now personally, is- I think I think I should say truth justice and for a better tomorrow. That's make it a little better, but I don't I think it's still the same type of feelings behind that message. He's still yeah. saying it's for peace and unity across the world, just before I seem more centered on America. Which does seem a little self centered, to be honest. So just to trying to include everyone now that does make it better, and I do think that is a good, you know. Well, yeah. I, I mean,
1: true. I mean, I think even Roland would agree to this. Superman was made very much in a time of patriotism with the forties, thirties. Oh We're yeah. Yes. Yes. That's II. what I'm saying. That, same that type of situation,
2: America. it's good to right. update it because well, because you know, so the updated keeping I, that in I mind. I hear what you're saying, but let me let me play the devil's
0: advocate here. Uh, and Aaron, you mentioned it, uh, Robin Hood. Why don't we just change Robin Hood? Because, you know, uh, no, uh, no, those times, times have changed since Robin Hood was created. Right. You know, what about... Um, well, Robin Hood
2: makes sense because, again, right now the whole idea is that the rich are getting more wealthy, but the poor isn't. And they're actually making money off the poor. And Robin Hood wouldn't make sense at this time because he's basically giving right. back so, to the people so, who are so- suffering. Okay.
0: So so you're you're making an argument though that doesn't change the industrial concept.
2: Yes. I'm saying right. it's really a case by case basis, I think. You know, yeah. that the underlying, you know, story for Robin, for example, would work in today, you know, you'd have to change maybe a little bit to make it more modern because obviously a guy can't run around sneaking around with all the cameras and everything. But the whole idea no, but
1: I think it, it is a is sort of you're writing characters based on certain sections of history of time. Mm. I mean, and I think these characters, the longer they exist, do represent certain factors of time. I mean, you can okay. see what Captain America is made. You can see what Superman's made. made. <laughs> uh, Robin Hood was made in a time where, you know, the rich are getting rich like today and the poor are getting poor. I mean, those are times of revolution, American revolution, the French revolution, not saying Robin Hood was written during those times per se, I think he was written earlier. But the idea of like, you know, the poor had no open mobility, rich are getting rich and those things fluctuate and you have characters creating all the time. So you have characters being created in certain parts of history where either you know, you know, like even communists, you know, communism trying to put the power, you know, power into the people's hand, and then you have people in the government hand and these things keep flipping and characters keep getting made. Like Roland said, should you update those characters to modern times, even though those characters are made to reflect the times they were made in.
2: Well I was gonna say yeah you, okay. you have a good if you're, uh, if you're making a movie or a series based on a specific time period then I think to stay yeah. in that time period, but if you are writing to, the, uh, to write a Robin Hood story based on now though the wherever 1800s whatever, then yes, keep it the same. But if you're doing it for today's modern you know world like a Big Robin Hood 2020, mm-hmm. then it should reflect that 2020 world. That's what I'm saying. It should be really be a case yeah. by case basis based on the time period the movie or series is set in, and this around that.
0: Yeah, and, and that's where I was actually going to go. What uh, does that uh, does that make any? Would that make any difference? Because CC's running wild here with some uh, yeah. comments. Uh, he says, "I think it depends on if you're trying to make a character who lasts through time or a character to make a profit, profit, which only has relevance now. Yeah. Which, of course, you know, we might say, are you trying to write literature or are you trying to write entertainment? Yeah. Right? Um, and." for those of you who want to make the argument that Shakespeare was writing literature. No, he wasn't. He was writing entertainment. It just happens to be, he was really, really
1: good. He's writing, um, he's writing stuff well, for an audience. For there's a play. really no Maybe way play to an audience.
2: No one knows what the future is. So writing a character who will be, you know, uh, perfect throughout time going forward is really not feasible. Cause you might think, okay, this is a perfect character. It, you know, it's, it's a character that will last the test of time. How do you use the future? There might be some different thought process for people then yeah. You think, oh no, this character's is outdated. He doesn't apply to us anymore.
1: I would so- love for them that they made a Superman movie. Made, uh, make a Superman movie in the 40s, set in the 40s or 40s. something like Time Flesher. Like in the oh, time yeah. period, I think that would work, and it would be like, oh yeah, but those that was attitude during those times. Like I guess because they you have know, Captain America. I mean, they always started in World War Two, yeah. so you know, you initially set this guy's attitude and worldview, and then you bring him to the future, and then you, that worldview clashes. Right. Um yeah. Superman. And they did the same thing with
0: updated. Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, which yeah. I thought was, which I, I thought was nice.
2: Yeah, I could have sworn didn't they have a cross one of the infinite crossovers in DC? Didn't they at one point actually bring the characters from those time periods to the present? I could have sworn there was a crossover of that at one point.
1: Oh, because, you mean with like the Wonder Woman of like the old meets the Wonder Woman of uh, today. yeah. Yeah. Um, I know in the comics when I've read Wonder Woman, there was there's been a, a few stories, I don't know if it's canon, that her mom Hippolyta was Wonder Woman for a time during World War II and one, and that the modern Wonder Woman, of course, is her daughter. So you have those two meet sometimes. There were times when her mother came in and, and, and donned the mantle Wonder Woman and fought, and then she eventually retreated to Paradise Island and her daughter took over. Which I thought was kind of an interesting take. So
0: because he then answers his own question here. He says both are valid yeah. goals, but they change the approach of how you present a character. Yeah. Um, I do. Kind I of think,
1: a... I think Roland is right. I think they do write characters for profit. And I think I'm not. That's, oh, yeah. I'm not so much of a fan of updating certain characters. Um, I think that sometimes, well, I mean, Marvel did this with the Ultimate line. The whole Well, goal was updated I would say
0: 90s. you tell, tell me what character you think was written to last through time and not for profit. And I would tell you, and I would probably tell you, you're wrong. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know that to be a case. Thank you for listening to the Silver Line Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.